Welcome to the Family Feast podcast from Liberty Church Swansea. For more information on church life, please check out Liberty Church Swansea on Facebook, Instagram, or on our website. We love you, and we pray that this message really blesses you. Thank you. Are you ready for God's word this morning? I believe that as God's been speaking to me, he's also going to speak to you, and that you are going to be challenged just like I've been challenged. We live in incredible days, and just for me personally, I don't think I've ever been closer to the Lord. I don't think I've ever heard so clearly from the Lord. And in this in these days, I'm saying, God, above every other voice, above all the noise, above all the media, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your heart. I, I, want, I want you to speak to me clearly. Holy Spirit, I eagerly desire these spiritual gifts that I need to see your kingdom extended here in Swansea. And, and, and God's been speaking to me this week about, about something really, really great. This week has been absolutely brilliant. As a dad, I am so proud because you know why? Lydia passed a driving test. Woohoo! I should have got the. Oh, I should have done all that, but anyway, I didn't do it. Lydia passed a driving test. And you know what? She went away on Monday morning. We were so nervous. Me and Mary, we, we were trying to, to pray. We prayed and prayed and prayed, Lord, please, please help her, help her. Because she's a brilliant driver. Lydia is, a, even from day one, I said, Lydia, no problem. You've got no problem with confidence. You've got no problem with, you're a brilliant driver. And you know, the, the, the only thing that I thought might be a little bit of a problem is that sometimes when I'm taking Lydia out, and we've done, I don't know how many hours, 50, 60 hours, you know, sometimes she, she, I see her looking in her, in her rear view mirror, and um, sometimes she gets distracted, and she thinks that people are too close to her, and, and she takes it kind of personally. Why is she doing that? Why is she so close to me? He's going to ram me. And, and sometimes, you know, she's so busy looking in the, one time we're going to Clinechley, we're, we're coming up the roundabout, just a, it wasn't busy, but there's a guy right up behind her, and I'm saying, Lydia, forget it, look out the front, don't worry about him he, he he's got his own uh, uh driving to, to think about oh no 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 dad he, he doesn't like he's he's coming up right behind me and she was so concerned at this guy in the rear view mirror that when we came to the roundabout oh dad where am i going where am i going i said straight ahead and she went i said see lydia you're so busy checking out that guy in the in the rear view mirror how close he was to you and you're saying that you know maybe he doesn't he he's not caring about me he's going to go in the back of me you're so worried about this guy behind you in reality he, he doesn't know who you are he's not, he's not trying to spoil your night he's maybe a little bit too close but it's up to him if, if he bangs into you it's his problem that's the law of the uk don't look at your rear view mirror you look you missed the roundabout almost oh dad yeah you're right you're right and so when she went to her test, I'm thinking, Lord, please don't let anybody come. I even thought <laughs> about getting in my car and like following her around, keeping about 30 feet just to make sure nobody got in there. But no, it was fine. And she passed her test. And God's been really speaking to me about this, you know. You cannot go forward if you're always looking behind. Nobody can drive a car by just looking in the rear view mirror. If you look only in the rear view mirror, you see what's behind you, but you don't really see. It's a blur. Your, more, your windscreen at the front, it's a blur. You can't concentrate on the front if you're looking behind. And God's been speaking into my life this week about, about not looking back. 
Now, I said to you already, that's really weird, Mark, because you're talking about remembering. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about living in the past, looking back to the past. You know, it's good to remember. But if we constantly look back at the past, the good, the bad, and the ugly in our lives, that can rob us for what God wants to do in our lives today. So many people are robbed for, for, for living for Jesus today because all they're doing is looking in the rearview mirror, looking behind the way it used to be, the way we used to worship, the things we used to do. And they're always living in the past and they live in the past so much that they cannot possibly move on in God because they're always looking in the rear view mirror. People talk about revival and, you know, what happened in 1904 and Lachar and it's fun, absolutely fantastic. But I'm telling you right now, this next move of God that we're going to have is going to look nothing like the revival of 1904. Society has changed. People have changed. You know, the world has changed. And so God is more modern than tomorrow's newspaper. He's got ways that are incredible. The same message, but in different ways. But people want it to be the same way. The same, same songs. Sometimes I sing, here is love as, as the ocean. And I'm thinking, is this like a calling card for revival it doesn't work like that God's got a new song he's got a new song for Wales I believe it you know and what's going to happen these next few years is nothing going to like that what happened 1904 some things are the same the prayer is the same the hunger is the same the desperation is the same the belief is the same but the way God's going to do it is different but you see, if we're always looking in the rear view mirror, 1904, you know, Lachar, 1949, the Hebrides. If we always look in the rear view, we can learn from what happened there. But let's not live there. And let's not stop what happened then. Stop what God wants to do um, right now. And so there are actually dangers in looking behind or looking back. What are some of these dangers? Four things. One, don't look back at what you had. Don't look back at what you had. There's an incredible story in the Bible, and you know what I'm gonna say here, about Sodom and Gomorrah. We know what happened. Lot and Abraham decided to separate, and Abraham said, where do you wanna go? And Lot saw this beautiful city, Sodom, Gomorrah. I wanna go there. That's where I can bring up my family. That's where the people are. That's where the market is. That's where I can find water. That's where I can find food. That's a good place. Yay, Sodom, Gomorrah. And so he chose the, the beautiful plains of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham said, well, okay, I'll just go to the wilderness, to the desert. And God said to him, don't worry, Abraham. Have a little look around. Wherever you see, it's yours. It's yours. But you know what happened? And Lot and his family went to Sodom and Gomorrah. So Sodom was a, a terrible, terrible place. God sent two angels in there to Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, he stayed with Lot's family. And uh, at that night, the men, young men, middle-aged men, old men, they went to Lot's house and said, Get, let, send out those two men. We want to have sex with these two men. I mean, how perverse was it? They were so, so perverse. And so and the way they thought and the things, they wanted to, to kill these men as well. And, 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 and they had really bad tempers and violent. And so what happened was the angel said to Lot, tell you and your family and any relatives you've got, God is going to destroy this city. And uh, uh, get, you need, need to leave here. And, and we know um, uh, what happened. So Lot gets his family together, his wife, his kids, his, his, his own family, his nephews, his nieces. Some people didn't believe what was going to happen. And this is what Jesus said about the situation. And the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. 
People went about their daily business, eating and drinking, buying and selling, farming and building, until the morning that Lot left Sodom. Then fire and burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed all of them. Yes, it would be business as usual, right up to the day when the Son of Man is being revealed. On that day, a person out on the deck of a roof must not go down to the house to pack. A person out in the field must not return home. Remember what happened to Lot's wife. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. If you let go of your life, you will save it. That night, two people will be asleep in one bed. One will be taken and the other left. Two, men will be grind, two women will be grinding flour together in the mill. One will be taken and the other one left. Remember Lot's wife. What happened to Lot's wife? Well, they, they ran from Sodom and Gomorrah, or Sodom, and uh, they had all the belongings that they could carry, and, and they could hear the screams, they could hear, see the fire and, and the brimstone coming down, they could see the city being destroyed, and Lot says, don't look back, just keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. But what did Lot's wife do? She couldn't help but to see the Bible talks about it. She looked back and saw, wanted to see her home, wanted to see the things that she'd left. One more look at what I had. And immediately she was turned into salt. Wow. Don't look back at what you had. You know, sometimes in our lives, it's easy to look back to what we had. Sometimes in our lives, there have been better days. Maybe financially, we used to be a bit stronger. Maybe medically, we used to be a bit stronger. We can look back at things that we had. Maybe in the past, we had a nicer car or a nicer house. Now, because of, you know, economics and stuff, we've downgraded a little bit. And it's easy to look back at, at what we had in the past. And sometimes you can say, well, you know, wow, you know, it was much better back then. And you look back and you yearn, if only I, I could have that. If only I still had that. And, you know, it's so easy to do that especially in times of of difficulty like we're in right now but the bible says this that the world and its desires pass away but the man who does the will of god will reign forever and jesus said this in matthew 6 don't store up here on earth don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, where thieves break in and steal. But store up your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Don't build up treasures here on earth, but build up treasures in heaven. And so many people are trying to build up treasures here on earth. And, you know, they're trying to, to build up a, a fantastic life and lifestyle and stuff. And they spend all their time and all their energy and all their focus trying to, to get more, to, to, to earn more, to have more. And Jesus said, don't spend your lives trying to gather things that are imperishable. But look perishable sorry but look and build up treasures in heaven that are imperishable you know what you do in your life you know for the lord is never wasted i remember a guy called brian bailey and the lord gave him a vision and the lord said that everything that we do in our lives the lord notices even if it's just a smile even if it's just a text even if it's just an encouragement even if it's whatever it is nothing everything is counted and in my life i want to build up don't get me wrong, I want my family to have everything that they need. 
I want my family to, uh, to, to provide for them. But I want my focus to be the kingdom of God. I want to build up treasures in heaven. Uh, one, one day God gave me a dream. And uh, we used to live in Edinburgh. I used to live in Edinburgh after I left Bible school, college. I went to Edinburgh and um, uh, there was, we started a church there. And there was a lovely couple uh, who, were, who was there. Uh, Jeff and Vicky, oh, they were really lovely. He had his own business. And, and you know, um, what happened was that um, Jeff and Vicky had a, once had a beautiful house. I don't know where it was, but they, they once had a beautiful house because, you know what, Vicky was always telling us about the house that she used to have, you know. And, and uh, even, I went there a few times to their, to their new house, and it was lovely. It was big. It was beautiful. But she would always talk about her old house. Oh, her old house. It was beautiful. So many bedrooms. It was wow, beautiful. And, um, oh, man, every time you went to her old new house, she was talking about the old house. And I could see that she loved. But because of, you know, the ministry and because of different things, that Jeff was, they, they decided to downgrade. And, but she always talked about her old house. And one day, this is years later, God gave me a dream. And I dreamt that I was in heaven. And in heaven, you know, there's people there in front of me in the queue. And, uh, and, and, and God was saying to them, well done, good, faithful servant. And he was giving them these beautiful mansions, gold, sparkling, lovely, well done, good. The next one, well done, good, faithful servant. You, you have the, the, the reward of, of, of your life and these beautiful, huge, beautiful mansions. It was absolutely great. And in front of me was Vicky. And I thought, wow, it's interesting. So Vicky was there and the Lord came over and said, Vicky, I know what you love. I'll give you the desires of your heart. Oh, what is it, Lord? What is it? How is she going to give me? And she, he walked around the corner and here was our old house from Edinburgh. Surrounded by these gold mansions were absolutely incredible. And this house, even though it was beautiful in Edinburgh, just looked so bad surrounded by what the Lord was giving out. And then I woke up and I started to laugh. I started to laugh because you know what? What we, what we really cherish and run for and focus on down here. One day we're going to be in heaven. We can pick up a piece of gold. It's, it's a piece of gold. You know, we're going to a place where, uh, inc the, the, you know, the Bible describes heaven as a place of absolute beauty. You know what? We're not going to be thinking about houses up there or we're going to be thinking about Jesus, worshiping Jesus. So I want to encourage you, don't look back at what you had. There's a time in your life that you used to have a lot of things. Thank the Lord for that. But just be grateful for what you have now. Amen. Number two, don't look back and make excuses. Jesus tells a story in Luke chapter 9 about the cost of following him. And he talks about, about people that he's spoken to. I don't know if it's a parable or if it's real people. And he says this, as we're walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Man, it's so easy to talk, isn't it? But Jesus replied, foxes have dens to live in, birds of nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. He said to another person, come, follow me. The man agreed, but he said, well, Lord, first, let me go home and bury my father. And Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Yes, Lord, said another one. I will follow you. But first, let me just go and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus told him, listen to this. 
This seems so hard. This is what Jesus said. Anyone who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Wow. What a verse. Anybody who puts a hand to the plow, who starts off serving the Lord, who starts off walking with the Lord, who starts off, you know, doing something for the Lord and looks back, is not fit for the kingdom of God. Wow, this is a challenging verse for, for all of us. Because these things were legitimate things. Bury my father. You know, I'm going to say goodbye to my family. You know, all these things. It's, it's like the excuses people made not to come to the banquet, you know. And, 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 and Jesus is saying, look, you know, these things are okay. But first of all, above everything else, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Do what he wants you to do. You know, establish his kingdom. Work for the Lord. Preach the kingdom of God. You know, and, and, and all these things will be added unto you. Anybody who looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. And you know what? In my life, there's times I've also made excuses. There's times in my life uh, where, you know, yeah, Lord, I hear your voice. I know what you want me to do. But, you know, right now is just maybe not the right time because blah, 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 blah. <laughs> And we all make excuses. Moses made excuses to God. I mean, here's Moses. Can you imagine? Brought up. You, we all know the story how the, the princess found him in the, in, in the bulrushes and how he was brought up in, the, in Pharaoh's palace, the most powerful home in the whole world. He's brought up there. He was the best teacher. It says he spoke so beautifully. You know, and he was he was loved by everybody. And yet we, we know that he went out and he, he saw an Egyptian and an Israelite who were fighting and he killed the Egyptian. And then he was a he was a wanted man and he ran away for 40 years. He ended up being a shepherd in the backside of the desert. And then we see the burning bush and God says, I'm not finished with you yet, Moses. I've got a plan. And, and, and we know that God called them back to, to Egypt. He said, I've heard the cries of your, my people. I've seen their tears. I've seen their situation. And I'm sending you back, Moses. What? Me? Moses? Shepherd? Stutterer? I've been talking to sheep for 40 years. I'm a murderer. I'm a nobody. You're sending me back. And then we see a very interesting dialogue between Moses and God. And Moses makes four excuses. First of all, he says this, who am I? How can you expect me to lead these people? It was a matter of inferiority. He felt inferior. He's a nobody. He's a nothing. How, 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 who, me? How am I going to do it? And God said to him, my presence will be with you. I'll go with you, Moses. I know what you think about yourself, but I will go with you. Okay, second excuse. They won't believe me. It was a matter of personality. Pharaoh's not going to believe me. You know, the Egyptians, even the Israelites are not going to believe me. And then God says, just tell them that I am is with you. I'll be there with you. I'll provide the miracles. I'll provide the power and the strength that you need. You know, I will, I will be your guide. I will be the one that is with you. Don't worry what you feel about yourself. I am is with you. But Lord, they'll, they'll think I'm lying. It's a matter of integrity. And then God said, what's in your hand? It's the staff. I'm a shepherd. And God used, he said, I'm going to use that staff. To show my glory and my power. And then the fourth and final excuse is, I'm not a good speaker. 
I'm, I'm a bit of a stammerer, a stutterer. And how, how am I meant to lead the whole nation when I can't hardly raise my voice? And you know, remember, he was, he was noted for being one of the most incredible speakers in Egypt. Isn't it interesting how the enemy robs from you? Maybe there's some things in your life the enemy's robbed from you. It's time to, it's time to say no more. It's time to go to the destiny of God. And so God said, don't worry, I'll put the words in your mouth and I'll, I'll send Aaron to help you. And so every excuse that, that, that he made, God said, I don't care about your excuse. I've got the answer. And, you know, um, like I say, we can all make excuses. Are you really fully serving the Lord? Are you happy with your walk with God? Are you doing what he wants you to do and being the man or the woman that he wants you to be? Because we can make lots of excuses about it's not the right time or when I'm finished my studies, I'll do it. Or when my kids are up, I'll do it. Or, or when, when this happens, I'll serve you. When this happens, I'll give. When I get enough money, I'm going to give so much to the church or to mission. We're always full of excuses. But I want to ask you, are you fully serving the Lord? <clears throat> I've told you maybe this story. And I was 18 years old, I had a real encounter with God when I was 17, became the youth leader in Fraserburgh, and I, and I felt God might be calling me to, um, to Bible college. I went to this prayer meeting, and I went in there, there was about 20 people there, the average age was about 76, that's because I was there, 18. But um, I remember really troubled. You know, God, do you really want to call me to Bible college? I'm happy here. I love Fraserburgh. I love this church. You know, I love, I love who I am, the job. I've got. I love my family. I don't want to. And I made, and I made the, this prayer, Lord, I don't really know if you're calling me to Bible college. No, number one, Lord, I don't have the money. Number two, Lord, I don't feel I'm a preacher. Uh, number three, I feel inadequate. You know, I, I just don't feel I can do it. And, you know, I, I, four or five things that I said. And then the minute I just closed, the minute I stopped, this old man, Eric Martin, stood up. Yea, the Lord would say unto thee, he knows, he knows how you feel about yourself. He knows that you feel you can't speak, but the Lord will give you the words to say. He will train you in his ways. He knows you've got no finances. He will provide everything that you need. He knows that you feel weak and you can't do it. He will be your strength. Whatever you do today, pledge to the Lord your heart and say, Lord, what you've called me to do, I'll do it. I was shaken. It's like having a conversation with God. And I just felt that night, whatever excuse I put up, the Lord has an answer. And so that night, I went home and I poked my head through the bedroom door. Late at night, mom and dad were in bed. I said, mom and dad, I want to tell you, I'm going to Bible college. And I went into my room and just like, oh, I've said it now, I've said it now, I've said it now. And that was the night that I decided to really serve the Lord. But you know what? In the last, I don't know how many years ago that was, 31 years, I can't remember. Um, since that time, there's been times in my life where God has challenged me to do things and to go places. And sometimes the excuses come up and again and again, God says, I will be your guide. I will be your strength. I will be your rock. I will be your, I will be everything that you need to be. If I've called you to do it, I will equip you and make a way. But guys, let's not make look back and make excuses, but decide to serve the Lord with all of our heart. Third thing, don't look back and remember your mistakes 
and disappointments. Wow, this is a big one. I know so many Christians, when they look back, they see the mistakes that they've made, the wrong choices that they've made. They see the disappointments along the way. And, and, they, and they look back at all those things and it hurts so much that they actually feel, I don't want to become vulnerable again. Because of all those mistakes, because of all those disappointments, because I maybe made the wrong move, I, I, I just don't trust myself. And I know so many Christians that they are absolutely stuck because all they do is look behind and see the mistakes and the disappointments that they've made. Peter, you know, we know Peter who followed the Lord, who loved the Lord, who was there for three years, who, who passionately loved Jesus. But we know at the very end when Jesus was dying on the cross, he blasphemed the name of the Lord. He cursed the name of the Lord. He, you know, when the cock crowed three times, he realized what he'd done. And he looked at the cross. He wept bitterly. He went back to the fish and he thought, it's over. There's no way that God can use me. It's finished. And he heard that Jesus rose again and he ran to the tomb. And all the time he's thinking, yeah, Jesus. Well, Jesus is alive, but I think I'm finished. And we know the story when Jesus was there cooking the fish and Peter came and he went to walk with Peter. Three times he let Jesus down and three times Jesus said, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And then Peter, Peter said, you know, you know that I love you. And, 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 and the Lord knew that Peter was going to be instrumental in the new church a few weeks later. And he had to forgive him from what happened in the past, all the failures and disappointments. And, and he released him into what he had for the future. And we see just a few weeks later, Peter's the one preached and 3,000 people came to know Christ. He's one of the pillars, the rocks of the church. Uh, and, 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 and incredible. If he'd lived in his disappointment and lived in his mistakes he would have never been the man that God wanted him to be you know and he died upside down in a cross but I can he was the one that walked on water he's the one that saw mighty miracles he's the one that that helped establish the church all across the world but if he looked back and remembered all those mistakes he would have never done it if he looked in the rear view mirror he would have never been the man that God wanted him to be you know in every one of our lives we've made mistakes anybody here not made a mistake you're a liar <laughs> Call no man a liar. That's what my mom used to tell me. No, it's true. Every one of us has made mistakes. Every one of us has made wrong choices. Every one of us has messed up. Every one of us has been disappointed by people. Disappointed by churches even. Disappointed by friends and family. Or we've disappointed other people. That's almost worse. That's harder. We feel we've disappointed somebody or disappointed the church or whatever it may be. And, and what we do is we just bury our head in the sand. We just begin to attend church. But we say, God, I know you can't use me because I've disappointed you. I've disappointed other people. I'm, I'm hurt, Lord, because, because of how I'm feeling. If only I hadn't done that. If only I hadn't said that. If only I hadn't gone. And we can live in the past. And it will stop us from reaching our future in God. Often the only person that disqualifies us from serving God and living for Jesus is us. We can't let go of our mistakes and disappointments. We're, learn we're meant to learn from our mistakes. We're not meant to die because of our mistakes. And so I want to encourage you, you know, sometimes our disappointments and moments of failure, we allow it to define us. I remember a guy at Bible college, his name was Steve, and he got up and he gave his testimony. And this guy was confident. This guy was a was was a good preacher, 
He, and they told us a story of when he was 14 years old. He, he was a really good swimmer. He went to a swimming event in his school. All his family were there. All the teachers were there. You know, it was just fantastic. It was a big, big thing, big meet. And he said that they're all lined up, ready to go. And he heard the ready, steady, poof. And he jumped and he swam, he swam. He heard people shout. He heard people swam. He swam to the other end and he's halfway along back. And, and then he realized people are laughing. What, what are they laughing at? And then he realized there's nobody around him. And he looked, he stood up in the pool, took his goggles off and realized it was a false start. And for like a minute and a half, he'd been swimming. And first of all, people were cheering. And then they were laughing and he could see. He just got out of the pool, got dressed and went home. And he says for years, for the next five, six years, he became like a recluse. He was so disappointed. He couldn't believe what he'd done. He couldn't believe everybody laughing at him. He couldn't believe how he let down his family. And, you know, it really defined him took away his confidence and he said that one time he went to this conference and God said look I want to take away that memory and give you a new start and he got down on his knees and God began to, to speak into his life and here he was in Bible college serving the Lord and wanted to, to serve the Lord with all of his heart but you know what for all those years that defined him and maybe there's things in your life that's defined you you look back at disappointments you look back at things you've said you look back at situations where you're so hurt don't look back and allow the disappointments and the hurts and the mistakes stop you from being the man and woman God wants you to be. My last point, don't look back at what you've done. You know, looking back isn't always negative. It's actually quite a positive thing. Imagine Paul, here he is, he, we know the story, he was brought up a Jew of Jew, a Pharisee of Pharisees, incredible man in the law, and then he has an encounter with Jesus, he's been putting Christians in jail, and he saw Stephen being stoned, he held the jackets at that time, and, and we see he's got radical transformation, and, and for nobody believed him, not even the apostles believed that he could have such a radical um, conversion, and so he ends up for nine years, you know, back in his hometown, and then Barnabas goes for him, and, and Barnabas brings him back to Antioch they begin to pray and God says I've called you Paul and Barnabas to start new churches all across the world and so he goes out and for year after year he's planting new churches raising up leadership incredible miracles signs wonders incredible man of God writes letters that we still love today just an incredible life he was stoned he was beaten he was he was abused he was thrown in jail he was laughed at he was jeered at he was spat at everything he says my body it's a scarred for the gospel. And here he is in his last few years, the last year of his life, he's writing to the, to the church in Philippi that he'd started. And this is what he said. He's talking, uh, he's talking about, you know, reaching the goal. He's talking about reaching out to God. He says, I press on to possess that perfection of what Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I haven't achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to li that lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I forget what is behind and I press on. What, Paul? You're going to forget what's behind? All the churches you've started? All the miracles you've seen? All, all the people you've raised up? You know, the, the incredible ministry you've had? I forget it right now. I forget all those things. I forget the good and the bad. I forget all the stories. I forget all the pain. I forget all the broken bones. I forget the shipwrecked. I forget everything. I forget everything that's behind. And now I press on to what God has for me right now.
Wow. Some of you need to realize, forget what's behind. Whether it be good or bad. (laughs) Situations that are great or situations that make you cry. Let's forget what's behind. I look at my life, there is a mixture of incredible things. You know, going to Edinburgh, going to Bible College, going to Edinburgh, going to, going to Africa, going to Whitburn, going to Philippines, coming to Wales. So many incredible people I've met. So many miracles were seen. So many people saved. So many churches planted. But along with that, there's so many times that you've been betrayed. So many times that people let you down. So many times people walked away. So many times that people said things, you know, and there's a mixture of everything. But I'm just saying to myself, Mark, as I come to the end of 2020, let's forget what's behind. Let's forget 2020. Let's forget what's behind and press on to what God has for me right now. What's behind you? It's time to let it go. Especially if you have to forgive. Forgive and forget and move on. Don't allow those things to stop you from reaching um, your potential. Don't rest on your laurels. Don't feel it's all over. Don't feel you've done your bit and that's it. You, you, God can use you. Everybody breathe in. Right now, breathe in. One, two, three. Breathe out. If you can breathe in and breathe out, God can use you. God can use you. If you've got breath in your body, God can use you. Caleb said, give me this mountain. I'm, I'm 80 years old, but I'm just as strong as I was when I was 40. Give me this mountain. Don't look back and see what you've done. But say, God, what do you want me to do? Remember yesterday's, but don't live there. Glean memories, but don't, re- but don't, don't always live in the past. Don't look back at what you had. Don't look back and make excuses. Don't look back and remember your mistakes and disappointments. Don't look back at all you've done in the past. But say, God, today, today, I'm going to worship you and serve you. 